What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right. You are locked in and tuned in to the 3FN Podcast. As always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we are reviewing the runaway smash success that is only known as Barbie in the 3FN Movie Club Review. But before we get there, I am your host, Rich, and the nerds are all here this week. First, he is the man that after seeing Barbie and Oppenheimer got the greatest idea of all time, how about instead of nuclear bombs, we just fill bombs with Barbies? Ladies and gentlemen, he is now a nominee for the Nobel Peace Prize. I give to you, Ron. I've been working on it ever since. It's been working in the garage. It's full. That's why I've been busy. I mean, it's going. It's, we're going to get this done. I'm going to tell you this. I think your campaign is going to be just successful, as successful as hugs, not drugs. Just throwing that out to you. I, I, I have complete I, faith in you. I completely agree with you with that one. I have complete faith in you. And, of course, the other nerd doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you hashtag Big Natty Cool. Hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style. Hashtag Challenge Accepted. Hashtag Diesel Malenko, because he's the man of a thousand and four hashtags. He is the leader of the Minnows Gang. And is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man. The myth. And the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you, Diesel. I'm the Michael fucking Sarah of podcasting. <laughs> or, as we like to call you, Alan. <laughs> we, we've got so many Alan stories, though, I think we have to change the name. Because yeah. get, we'll get confused on Alan stories. So, with that, we like to kick it off by finding out how everybody's week was. So, Ron, how has been the week? Uh, week's been all right. Can't really complain too much. Uh, not really too much going on. Um, you know, our Wednesday group met, and once again, it's just, you know, as this is going to piss off the DM, it's just clocking in and clocking out. <laughs> it's, we're just in the sandbox part of it. Yeah. Most of us like you got to go here or go here. Pick your path. Pick your path. You know which way. What do you want to do first? And we basically got. We're able to sneak into the encampment we're supposed to sneak into without being caught. And trying to leave, a big black dragon shows up, and now we're all pretty much fucked. Because yeah. that's how we ended it. Because I have no idea how to get out of this situation. And I'm probably going to die again, because I'm just going to Leroy Jenkins this. Is there a bard? <laughs> uh, there's no bard. Well, that's your problem. You could seduce her. <laughs> I, I understand this. We don't have a bard. If Diesel had more time on his hands, he would bring back Lothario Diggler. For <laughs> but unfortunately, time is at a premium right now. <laughs> I, I don't know what's supposed to happen here, because obviously I don't read the adventures or anything ahead, and I'm just like, shit. <laughs> and Retreat. Like, no, I, we were trying to until he showed up, and I'm like, oh, crap. You don't have to be the fastest. <laughs> you just have to be faster than new guy. Yeah, well, I'm not. He's, his character's way faster than my character is. <laughs> you just have to find a character that's slower than you and stick behind them. And so, if you have to, kneecap him. If, if well, The Walking Dead has ever taught us anything. So this is going to either go really well for us or not at all. Yeah. And we'll have the story next week. <laughs> Absolutely. Diesel, how has been the week? Yeah, <laughs> it's been a week. Uh, I had a good time with you guys for Barbie on Thursday. We had a nice dinner. Uh, Friday passed. Saturday I worked. Sunday had a nice breakfast with you. Then saw Oppenheimer. Then passed. 
There you go. I got gotcha. you. Well, uh, as you just mentioned, I go got to see a couple movies. Uh, of course, the three of us went to see Barbie this past Thursday on preview night, and of course, also me and Diesel went to see Oppenheimer on Sunday. And if you're a patron over at Patreon.com/slash3fnpodcast for as little as one dollar a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. You know that because our Oppenheimer review is up on Patreon. Me and Diesel uh, reviewed the movie literally 30 minutes after we saw it, so it was, a, it was a good time. So if you want to hear that, go over to Patreon and help support the Three FN Podcast as well as get a ton of extra bonus content this week speaking of which it was a busy week over there uh the outsiders review came out for 3fn rewind celebrating 40 uh since me and diesel turned 40 this year i'm already 40 he will be turning 40 shortly uh we are celebrating movies made in the same year we were born 1983 so 40th anniversary movies so the outsiders was one of the filled it there and then of course it was 3fn shark month and we dropped uh the second episode of shark month which was jaws 3 aka jaws 3d the review for that ron joined me for both of those reviews I'm sorry, Ron. But uh, if you want to check it out and have a lot of fun with us, uh, that's over there at Patreon. Just a little cheap plug, but uh, I've been working on a lot of that because I got two more bonus episodes going up this month because we're trying to catch up from when my kid was graduating. And so that just means more stuff for the patrons all at once. And I'm trying to do that before I go on vacation because my vacation is coming up. I'm leaving town as we're recording on Mondays. As always, I'm leaving town on Tuesday. We will be, I'll be back uh, next uh, so I'll be back on Sunday, so Monday, next Monday we'll be recording, so you're not going to miss any episodes, but I have to get a lot of stuff done between work and home and everything else, so this is like that part of vacation that really sucks, like the build up for it, and then you go on vacation, and then it sucks again when you come home, because then vacation throws up in your living room. Yes. So it's always kind of like a weird dichotomy for vacation. It's always nice when you're gone, but the before and the after... Not so much, but I can't wait to go on vacation and uh, enjoy the week. Hopefully, all of you had great weeks, and I also hope that you have great upcoming weeks. With that, though, it is time to take care of some business over here before we go any further. Let's hit you with some opening plugs. Of course, if you would like to learn anything about the 3FN Podcast, go to 3FNPodcast.com. There you can find all of our social media links. You can find the Public link. You can find the Patreon link that I just mentioned, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. Also, while you're there, you can find sections and links for all the podcasts we do. The 3FN Podcast, stream it right from there. Find other links for it. And of course, 607TWS, The Wrestling Show. That is the pro wrestling podcast I do with Ken M from the ODPH. There's a, You can stream it right from the website, or you can find all the links for that right there at 3FNPodcast.com. Also, while you're there, check out Friends of the Show, where you can find the ODPH podcast. Go right over to their website and support them, because they're awesome, and they're our brothers in 607 Podcasts. Also, while you're there, check out the musical directory that features the bands that allow us to mu- use their music so we don't get those dreaded DMCAs. Of course, big shout out to Shout at the Robots, whose song Fail Better is the theme song you hear at the beginning of each episode of the 3FN podcast. Make sure you check them out and all the other great bands and support them on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And last but certainly not least, there's the sponsorship section. That is the place where the people who uh, give us a good sponsorship so we don't have to give you guys commercials during any of these podcasts. Of course, we'll give a quick shout out here. If you're in the 607 and you want to put the pride back into your ride, call Rex to Rods Auto Detailing. Diesel, what is the number to get an appointment? 607-644-3389. Tell them the 3FN Podcast sent you. Of course, also, Dubby Energy Drinks, D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G for all the great stuff that they have at W. And remember, at checkout, use the promo code 3FNPOD for 10% off. And uh, you can use that every single time. Thank you, W, for being the energy sponsor of the 3FN Podcast. Then our good friends over at Sci-Fi Horror Fest. We are less than a month away. August 25th and 26th at the Vernon Downs Casino in Vernon, New York. 
And guess what? You got to meet celebrities like Felissa Rose, Ken Foray, Dave Sheridan, Lorenzo Lamas, making all the, the middle-aged white women go, whoo! And, and, and Diesel. Uh, and Diesel, of course. And so many more. For all information, including tickets and everybody who's going to be there, vendors and celebrities and everything else, go to SciFiHorrorFest.com. And last but not least, our main sponsor, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web. DragonMasterGames.com. Yeah. And of course, if you forgot anything that I just said, it's simple. 3FNPodcast.com has got your hookup. I think that's the drive home each and every week for that. Now that we've uh, talked about our weeks, now that we've exchanged all the pleasantries and given you the shameless plugs, it is now time to kick this party off. And we like to do it with... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to Diesel's Movie Triple Stuff. Very exciting box office. Coming in at number five, though, we have Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny pulling in another $6.7 million. I'm just surprised that anything made any money. So <laughs> 6.7 at five is pretty good. And a big drop-off on its second week, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, pulls in $20 million. Whoa, whoa, $20 million? Yep. And number four? Yep. I mean, I know what the top two are already. I mean, most everybody does, but... Holy shit, this is a huge week in the box <laughs> yes. office. Continue, sorry, sir. Number three, with an asterisk, Sound of Freedom with another $20 million. It looks like the astroturfing is going pretty well for that movie, and if you ever need to know what astroturfing is, trust me, look around the internet, you'll find out. All right, the, the two hitters, the two big ones. Number two this week, Oppenheimer pulling in $81 million domestically. Woo! <laughs> uh, by the way, worldwide total is right around $200 million. Yep. Continue on with the next one. And in a knockout blow to everything else on this list, debuting at number one, Barbie pulls in $155 million. Jesus. That is the highest grossing movie of 2023 in an opening weekend. I think it is also officially the highest grossing movie since the pandemic in opening weekend, just in one weekend. True. Not, not even comic book movies have touched Barbie. Yeah. How crazy is that? By the way, worldwide total for Barbie, and I mean, I'm going to say it later, but I do believe it's it's 300 plus million. I have the exact number yeah. later. I'm not, I'll give, give it when we do the review, because of course, Barbie is the 3FN Movie Club review, and I mentioned already, if you are a member of Patreon, or if you would like to become a patron on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast, you can find the Oppenheimer review there, amongst other things. So, Diesel, now that we know what's in the box office, how how the record-smashing box yeah. office for the weekend went, let's find out what's coming to the uh, box office next week. All right, coming out July 28th, we have the horror movie Talk to Me. I've heard good things about that. I have not. I, I have some people who have seen it early and have nice. told me nothing but good things. I'll probably check it out. And then listed as family, drama, and comedy, but not horror, Haunted Mansion. Yeah, technically it's not, but I, 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 the cast in that is just yeah. phenomenal. I can't wait to see it. It would be next week's 3FN Movie Club review, but since I'm going on vacation, I can't guarantee that I'm going to uh, be back in time or be able to see it. So instead, we're going to go with the 25th anniversary of the classic basketball. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun for a lot of people, and I can make sure I can see that in a hotel room. But um, there might be a bonus uh, review eventually for Haunted Mansion because I do intend on going to see it. And then opening of the following week on August 4th, we have the new animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And then the big one, the summer blockbuster, Meg 2, 
the trench. Fuck you, Barbie. It's all about Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did Shark Month because of the Meg 2, because me and Diesel are such fans of the Meg. We will be reviewing the Meg 2, the trench, uh, for that week's 3FN Movie Club review. And there will be a bonus review of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie as well. It's just that we can't turn our backs on the Meg. It's led us this far. Yeah. Uh, we got mileage out of the first movie when we kept telling saying it was the greatest blockbuster of all time. And then... Uh, peek behind the curtain me and diesel forgot to go see it <laughs> we watched it together i do believe on hbo max yeah. at the time uh so yeah yeah we but we definitely forgot to go see it in the theater i just i just want to point that one out to everybody yeah, i haven't watched it yeah yeah it's kind of interesting maybe we called this, it though it was the summer blockbuster that maybe, year. maybe this weekend dude it was a super enjoyable movie i i will say this if you've never seen the mag it's a super enjoyable movie and uh so check it out uh, find it where you can we, we we don't give the information about where you can find these things these days yeah. you know we're trying to be in solidarity if you will so with that diesel i do believe it's time for the signature move what is this week's top three your top three favorite historical films obviously in uh, light of going to see Oppenheimer. Yeah. And Oppenheimer could easily be on this list, but I'm going to pick three different movies yeah, that aren't Oppenheimer just because. Because if, if you want to hear... The lead. <laughs> if, if don't want to bury the lead. Go. If you if you haven't heard it, I understand. You know, if you don't want to join Patreon or anything, eventually we will give you the scores. Just let... just We'll put it this way. Our spoiler-free thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle real quick like we do for the 3FN, uh, usually for the reviews, which we're going to do for Barbie later. Diesel, what is your recommendation for Oppenheimer? Go see it. It's really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to also say two thumbs up. Go see Oppenheimer. Uh, I will promise you this. It is an acting clinic. It's a master class. There is not a lot of action. I will forewarn you of that, but the dialogue is amazing. The acting in this movie is phenomenal. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. probably gave the best performance of his career, and that's saying something because RDJ is an amazing actor on his own. So the fact that he stepped it up to a, a notch that we didn't even know he had yeah. because I thought he was already on top of the game. Holy shit. And if he does not walk away with best of supporting actor then the oscars is fucking rigged because mm-hmm. this that this this is just amazing it's a once in a honestly once in a lifetime performance from robert dowdy jr and i'm not just saying it from him from any actor it's one of those moments when you look at a movie and go oh shit that was a performance uh so oppenheimer is definitely worth going to see so now let's get into the top three so top three historical movies uh i'm going to go with my number three and i'm only going to go this is only number three because i really enjoy this movie but it's only number three because it's loosely based on history let's be honest is 300 Huge fan of the movie 300. Uh, it is based on allegedly a yeah. legend of the you know Spartans going against. And it, it's Persians. Yes, but it's not exactly confirmed. No. <laughs> that it there's really no. Happened. There's there's actually no proof to this. There's no proof at all. So that's why I'm saying loosely based, but it's considered part of history. So that's only yeah. that's why it's number three and not, not number two. Uh, my number two movie, and I really really love this movie was Ali with. Uh, uh, yep. Will Smith. It's a phenomenal movie. If you've never seen Ali, I suggest going to see it. And my number one of all time, and this has been my number one. Listen, I watched this movie, and people think this is crazy. I watched this movie when I was young, when it first came out, and I've loved this movie and owned this movie in different formats over time. I even have the Blu-ray right now. And, of course, that was the Spike Lee joint known as X, the Malcolm X movie. True. It's a phenomenal movie. Denzel Washington deserved to win an Oscar for that movie. The fact that he was snubbed for that movie, I still can't get past because fuck that. That movie was amazing, but we all know why wink wink nudge nudge why he didn't get nominated for that movie which is shitty yeah. and it's the same reason why movies like Brokeback Mountain didn't win best movie and we could talk about how shitty the fucking academy is until the cows come home but it's still not going to change how shitty the academy is but uh, X is my number one Ron you're up next uh, number three The Revenant 
Oh, very good movie. Once again, loosely based. Loosely, it's loosely <laughs> but, based. But it's but still an amazing that, movie. That's why it's number three, because it's there. The greatest um, greatest revenge movie of all time, possibly. True. Uh, number two, we can give or take this one, but Argo. Ooh, yeah, Argo. I, I, Argo, I, fuck I, yourself. Yep, yeah, pretty much. I love that movie, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's really good. And, you know, Ben Affleck's amazing in both sides, directing it and acting in it. And it's only a little over-exaggerated, from what I understand. Yeah. From what most people say, that the, the exaggerations you, were more in the drama than the actual story. Actually, they said they toned down the actual story for it. So, yeah, so if you believe the if you if believe, you believe what that hype say, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, number one, only because I actually enjoyed this uh, way more than I probably should, is Public Enemy. Ooh, that and, was really good. The John Dillinger movie. Yep. Yeah, so, like, I, lo- I love that movie. It's a very good movie. Diesel, what's your top three? All right, coming in at number three, Darkest Hour. Ooh, oh, very okay. good movie. Nice. Very yep. good movie. Uh, number two, we are going to go with The Imitation Game. This is one I brought up yesterday about the uh, Alan Turing yes. and the breaking the Enigma Code. Yep. And then number one, and I can't believe it usurped Saving Private Ryan, but it is so good. Shout-outs to Christopher Nolan. Dunkirk. Dude, Dunkirk's amazing. Uh, Let's be honest. Nolan killed it with Oppenheimer. He killed it with Dunkirk. So maybe maybe he should just... You know, stay in the realm of docudramas, if you will, because whew, oh, yeah. he's murdering it. But but listen, uh, he said that his bucket list was Star Wars and uh, James Bond. Yeah, Give and, it to him. and I go, what are we waiting for? Sign him up for both. I mean, I understand right now they can't technically because he is a writer as as well as a director. But uh, as soon as this strike is figured out, let's get Christopher Nolan attached to some fucking projects. Yeah. All right, now before we uh, clock on over to the 3FM Movie Club review, and that, you know, obviously with the strike reminds me, the strike is still looming. Uh, of course, like we said before, we do stand in solidarity with SAG after and what they believe in. However, as an independent podcast who does not take money from anybody except for our patrons, so we don't get studio money and there's no contracts, that means that we technically are allowed to continue to review movies. But as our due diligence and being supportive, in the liner notes to this show are the donation sites for SAG after and WGA. Make sure you check those out and uh, if you can donate to the cause because obviously there's a lot of people who are going to be out of work and they're helping support the people who are going to be out of work during this time I'm hoping that this weekend wakes up the studios and everybody else that uh, movies are big for all of society and we need to get this straightened out so it doesn't affect movies coming up in the future so with that being said uh, please uh, if you have it in your heart and you have the means feel free to donate to the cause now that we've exited Diesel's movie Triple Stuff, it is now time to enter. Welcome to Three FM's Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That's right. It is now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. Of course, we've already told you. It is of Greta Gerwig's amazing, phenomenal, beautiful Barbie. 
I was just saying that about Bardo Roby. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> we'll talk about the movie in a minute. Of course, if you're new to the 3FN podcast, it might be a first episode you're listening to, or our first new uh, movie episode. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully you enjoy and can, can continue to come back. Uh, or if you just, and, and then also for the newer listeners who might need a, you know, a refresher of how we do things here when we do when we review newer movies, I'm going to give you one right now. We will never spoil a movie for you. So we cut, and when we're doing new movies, we cut the section into two. So the first half of the 3FN Movie Club review will be completely spoiler-free. We are going to give you the spoiler-free synopsis that is brought to you by Diesel. We will then give you the stats for the movie. We will follow that up with who made the movie, who starred in the movie, and then a spoiler-free thumbs-up, thumbs-in-the-middle, or thumbs-down recommendation for the movie. After we do that, we will take a break. You'll get to hear from one of our awesome podcast friends. And when we come back, that is when we're going to jump into the full spoiler review of Barbie. And we'll give you a final warning when we do so. So, now that we all know how the 3FN Movie Club goes, Diesel, I believe... Man, I got a story to tell! When Barbie starts having thoughts of impending death and the dreaded flat feet, she must travel to the real world to find the girl who has been playing with her. Also, Ken comes and discovers the patriarchy. (laughs) Yes, yes, and of course... All hilarity ensues. Of course, Barbie was released this past week, July 21st, 2023, with a runtime of 114 minutes. The budget of this movie was estimated at $100 million. And as you heard, Diesel, domestically, this movie made $155 million. Worldwide, $337 million on the opening weekend. Remind you, this is a new movie. This is just one weekend. And holy shit, it slayed. Uh, I think they made their investment back. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go on a limb. So now that we know the stats, we got the synopsis. It's time to find out who made this. Who made this here? Of course, I mentioned already, the director is also one of the writers on the film, and that would be Greta Gerwig. Uh, Greta Gerwig has done it all in this business. She's a writer, she's a director, she's a producer, and she's an actress. Uh, Of course, we're just going to go with her writing credits for right now. Uh, First movie, Nights and Weekends in 2008. And then she directed a movie that she wrote and directed a movie I know that Diesel's near and dear to his heart, and he thought she'd wear an Oscar as well, Lady Bird. Lady Bird was so good. (laughs) And of course, she wrote and directed the 2019 adaptation of Little Women. Notice I said that she wrote and directed all those because that's true because she's also one of the writers on this movie uh the first movie she ever wrote was hannah takes the uh, stairs in 2007 and then all the movies i mentioned she also wrote the other writer on this movie is noah bombach uh noah started his career with a movie called kicking and screaming in 1995 he would then write the life aquatic okay followed by marriage story that came out a couple years ago the adam driver yeah. uh, yeah, movie that, that got a lot of uh, consideration and for Scarlett Oscars. Johansson, yeah, was yeah, actually a very really good, good movie really good movie so noah bombach and he also has done some tv and other stuff as well but uh, we only do movies here he only found out because his wife made him write this movie yes <laughs> <laughs> pretty much but you know i, I just want to throw this out there the life aquatic alone yeah. i was like when i saw that i was like Fuck yeah, this guy can fucking, you know, and Greta is obviously amazing and very talented. Nope, nope, she she got her husband to help write this fucking story. Well, yes, well, (laughs) yes, which makes sense when we talk about the movie later. Uh, Next up, director of photography was Rodrigo Pareto. Rodrigo uh, started his career in 1988 in Mexico, so he has a lot of telenovelas, a lot of Mexican movies. His first movie that was, like, wide-ranged, not just in the States, but worldwide, was a movie called Original Sin in 2001. Okay. He would then do Frida... And now here it gets the movies that you guys are all going to know. He was the DP for Eight Mile. Oh, nice. Twenty Fifth Hour. Okay. Brokeback Mountain. Babel. Argo. The Wolf of Wall Street. And The Irishman. Nice. nice. <laughs> so uh, Rodrigo has a hell of a fucking resume. Yeah, he does. So uh, listen, 
so far, this movie is in the best hands possible. You wonder why it made all the money, right? Uh, but our composers were both new. Mark Ronson and Andrew Wyatt are both new to composing. They did all the uh, score work here. And uh, before that, they've done all a bunch of music for different movies, uh, some huge budget movies, the Di Divergent series. They were musicians on that. They've been mu musicians on a lot of things. I have some Star Wars stuff as well, uh, some other Disney-related projects. So this is their first movie together being composers, so that's pretty awesome. So congratulations to them because I thought the score was very good as well. So now, usually, this is where we're going to take a turn, and we are still going to take that turn to tell you... Who starred in this movie? For the love of God, will someone please punch me in the face so I can see some stars? And trust me, you don't have to get punched in the face to see stars this time because there's stars abound in this movie. So because there's so many stars, we're going to do it in the way that we tend to do it when we have a ton of stars. And that is, I'm just going to go briefly because we're going to be here all day. By the way, if you hear any noise in the background, the uh, thunderstorm has yep. finally hit us. So if we lose power... Uh, you'll know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you know after, but you'll know if you hear something weird. So, I just want to forewarn people because obviously a bad storm's coming through. All right, now let's get into the stars of the movie. Of course, starring as Barbie, Margot Robbie, and uh, shit. What hasn't Margot Robbie done? Wolf of Wall Street, of course, comes to mind. I, Tanya, Birds of Prey, Suicide Squad, uh, The Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad. Of course, she was in Amsterdam. She has been in a ton of movies. We love us some Margot Robbie here at the 3FN Podcast. Next up, Ryan Gosling. He's uh, the, the king and Ken of Diesel's heart. <laughs> and uh, Ryan Gosling, fucking phenomenal actor. Uh, Blue Valentine, La La Land, Drive, The Notebook, which I still have successfully never seen. I've so never seen that. But so we've all dodged that bullet, <laughs> yeah. thankfully. And, of course, uh, dude, Ryan Gosling, I love him. He's a great actor, showing off it here. Uh, we're going to get into another. See, it's going to get confusing now because they're playing Barbie also. Issa Rae. Issa Rae, you might remember her uh, from the uh, Misadventures of Aqua Black. Uh, Little, Grey Matter, Insecure. Also, Kate McKinnon plays a Barbie. Uh, Kate McKinnon, you remember her from the uh, Ghostbusters movie, the all-female cast of Ghostbusters movie, Bombshell. She also was on Saturday Night Live for quite a bit of time. Super funny, hilarious. Next up, Alexandria Ship plays another Barbie. <laughs> I love how we just see Barbie. Uh, you remember her from X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men uh, Dark Phoenix, and uh, Straight Outta Compton. Uh, great movie, by the way. Emma Mackey plays, guess what role? Barbie, uh, she was also in Emily in uh, Death on the Nile as well as Eiffel. Next, we have uh, Hari Neff. Guess what role she has, Diesel? Can Barbie. You're right. <laughs> uh, transparent, the idol, and just like that. Uh, next up, Sharon Rooney. Ron, guess what role she played in this movie? Um, Barbie? Yes, you got that right. Uh, she was in My Mad Fat Diary, Dumbo, and Finding Alice. She's out. She's fucking hilarious, by the yeah. way. <laughs> fucking hilarious. In this movie and in other movies, <laughs> I can't say enough. Uh, next up, the wonderful Dua Lipa. Guess what she played? Barbie? Barbie? You're absolutely right. Alita Battle Angel, Baywatch, Fifty Shades of uh, Grey, you know, uh, and also mu musical career. Yeah. Very good. She, her music was actually featured in this movie as well. Uh, another, uh, now we're going to switch it up on you, so it's going to get a little harder. Simi Liu. Who did he play in this movie? Ron. Ken? Yes, he was one of the Kens, and of course you remember him as Shang-Chi from Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. Taken, Blood in the Water, and so much more. He's fucking awesome. Great in this movie. Uh, next up, and he's playing, guess what role? 
Diesel. Ken? That's right. Kingsley Benadir. <laughs> Kingsley Benadir. Of course, you remember him from the OA, High Fidelity, uh, and of course, most recently, Peaky Blinders. Yep. Huge show. Everybody loves it. This next one is going to be somebody near and dear to your heart, Ken, or Ron. He's also playing Ken. See, I keep now I'm saying everybody's name is Ken because Ken, if Ken M was here, I'd be confused and calling him something else. Well, he was podcasting Ken. Yes, he's podcasting Ken. <laughs> this one is not. This one is uh, stylish Ken. Cody Gatwa. Of course, he is your Doctor Who, and I'm. I love the little snippets that we've seen so far of him as Doctor Who. Yeah, I can't. I can't stand enough. Uh, guess what? You normally can't see him, but you could see him in this movie. John Cena. Who is he playing? Diesel. Ken of the Seas. That's right. He was <laughs> Ken of the Seas. Of course, John Cena, pro wrestler, and of course, you know him from Transformers, Bumblebee, and uh, you know, you know, was it Daddy's Home Part Two, and so much more. Uh, of course, Trainwreck was always funny with him too. Next up, Michael Sarah, and this is a trick question. Who is he playing, Ron? Alan. That's Ken's right. Friend. There's only one. Alan, and that is Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah, of course, Scott Pilgrim uh, versus the World, Super Bad, Juno, uh, Nick and Nora's uh, playlist, a fucking amazing, amazing actor. Next up, we're getting into some people who aren't Ken or Barbie. America Ferrara plays Gloria, and of course, you know America Ferrara, of course, from How to Train Dragons, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Ugly Betty is probably where most people know her from. Yep. Uh, but she's fucking awesome, one of America's sweethearts, and she's great in this movie. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, playing her daughter in this movie, Sasha, is Ariana Greenblatt. Uh, Ariana Greenblatt, you would know from the movie we reviewed earlier uh, this year, 65. She yep. played the young girl, Koa. Of course, oh, also, yeah, Love and Monsters, and she was the young Gamora in Avengers yep. Infinity War. Nice. So she's uh, had a nice little career. She's uh, young, but still has a nice career. Playing the role of Ruth Harlan, the creator of Barbie, is the legendary, and I mean fucking legendary, yes. <laughs> Rhea Perlman. Uh, of course, if you're old like us, you remember she was on Cheers forever, uh, of course, as Carla. She's and, amazing uh, on Cheers. I don't care what anybody says. Canadian Bacon, Matilda. Yeah. Legendary career, of course, for the longest time. Uh, her and Danny DeVito were, were married. Yeah. And uh, still friends, though. Still great friends, even though they've separated and... Uh, Rhea Perlman is fucking tre yeah. a treasure. I don't think any of us can say yeah. she's not, and I loved her in this movie. She was so she's a fucking treasure. Uh, playing the narrator, speaking of legendary, Dame Helen Marin. Uh, we got we love Dame Helen Marin here, of course. Re most recently, remember, she was in uh, the last Shazam movie, Fury yes. of the Gods. But, of course, you most likely remember her from older films like The Queen, Red, Gosford Park, and so much more. But uh, Dame Helen Marin is fucking a legendary actress and deserves all the respect in the world. And I could go on forever because there's some more people, but there's only one more that jumps out at us. And this man I will also call a legend. He plays the Mattel CEO in this movie, and he is the legendary Will Ferrell. Uh, Will Ferrell, of course, Elf comes to mind right away. Talladega Nights, Anchorman, Blades of Glory, uh, Step Brothers, yeah. uh, fucking old, <laughs> old school. school. Uh, <laughs> let's just keep going. SNL, you know, you name it, he's uh, done it. You know, and we're talking Will Ferrell's amazing, great cast. Obviously, that's why we didn't do the deep dive on anybody because. Jeez, we'd still be here all day, and we took a while there because there was like 15 names, and there's still more people in the movie. I just can't get to them all. So, now we've come to the part where we're going to give our spoiler-free thumbs up, thumbs in the middle, or thumbs down recommendation with a spoiler-free why. 
So keep that in mind. It's completely spoiler free. Ron, we're going to start with you. What is your recommendation for Barbie? Uh, thumbs up. Uh, it's definitely an enjoyable watch. It's uh, got enough comedy beats for people, and you know we all enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's great, and you should see it. All right, Diesel. What is your recommendation for Barbie? Two plastic thumbs, way way up. Visually stunning, great cast, and you wouldn't expect it, but there's an actual really good story in there. <laughs> I am going to complete the trifecta. Thumbs up for this movie. I will say this. This movie, as Diesel kind of points to, there's great acting in this movie. It's got a wonderful story. There's a message in this movie. Actually, there's a couple messages in this movie, and I thought they're very important. I think that there's some people that are missing over those messages. But trust me, during the spoiler full review, we will dive right into those. And on top of all that, this is a fun and zany film. Yeah. And I, I got to say, Greta Gerwig did an amazing job here. And this is completely spoiler free, but I could definitely, I know me and Diesel had talked about this over the week, and I could definitely see Greta Gerwig winning an Oscar for this movie. It sounds weird to say Barbie would be an Oscar nominated film at some point in juncture, but I could see her for best director yeah. 110%. That's how much this, I thought this movie was ingenious. So with that, we are going to take a break. When we come back from this break, we will jump into the spoiler full portion of Barbie. So, if you want to hear that spoiler full review, join us after this break. Hey, this is Ken Um. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, and you're listening to the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. You're falling apart, and you know it. You try and try to hide it, but you show it. I need you to know I felt it too And I'm still trying to figure it out Just like you Just like you Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Hold my ice cream, Ken. All right, Ken, you're on. Let's beat you off. Anyone who wants to beat him off has to beat me off first. I will beat both of you off at the same time. But you don't even know how to beat yourself off. How are you going to beat uh, both of us off? It doesn't make sense. Ken? And you can beat yourself off. You're going to beat both of us off. Nobody's going to beat anyone off. Nobody's going to beach anybody off. That made me sad for some reason when Margot Robbie <laughs> said that nobody's going to beach anybody off. There's some inappropriate humor for everybody listening at home. <laughs> well, that is a clip from, of course, the Barbie movie. And we are going to jump in to our full spoiler review of the Barbie movie in a moment. So if you're still listening and have not seen the Barbie movie and do not want the movie spoiled, this is your final warning to stop the podcast right here. Go watch Barbie movie, come back, and listen to what we had to say about it. If you've already seen it, or you don't care if it's spoiled, you are on the perfect seat, because our spoiler full review starts right about... Now. All right, let's jump right in. Of course, as you know, we kind of just do a skeleton frame of the film because... It, going scene by scene takes so long and on top of that uh, let's be honest I don't remember scene for scene from any movie uh, but this movie I, I have a lot in, uh, that I remembered because I, I just thought a lot of good things I'm going to kind of spoil my review for you it's definitely going to be a three or above because obviously you can tell that we like the movie uh, by the thumbs up you should be able to tell that so I just throw that out there so you'll have to wait to the official score though but 
Let's start off by saying what we kind of already said. I made a reference that Greta Gerwig will probably, or at least be nominated for an Oscar for this film. If not, should win it. I do believe that. I think that she took a property that we all thought was just going to be a fun, cute family movie and morphed it into the some zany fun. But at the same time, there was a couple different messages in there that never, unlike what some people believe, never got too didactic. Yeah. And actually, it wasn't just pro-women, anti-man. It was pro-everybody. Yeah. And yes, there is feminism mixed in there. It is Barbie. And there should be. And I think that there... And I had no problem with that message. And anybody who does it, I find it weird that you would have a problem with it. But when the overall message of this movie... And I'll just come out and say it now because we'll talk about it over and over again. And we kind of said it on Patreon. The overall message of this movie is be who you're going to be. Don't be scared to be somebody different. It is okay to be different. It is okay to be yourself. It is okay to find your Ken, if you will. Because that's how they go. Find your Ken. That's the actual line at the end of this movie. Yeah. So, I don't know how that deals with feminism when we're talking about a men's name to find. But once again, it's just talking to everybody. And that is like a warm message. And yes, there is a, a, a feminism movement in here because there should be. Women should be able to do what they want. Women should be able to excel in fields. Women should be able to be the person they want to be as well. But I like the fact that they lumped everything in. So yeah. the message of this movie that, that Greta and Noah put in with the writing and directing of the film, I have zero problem with. I thought it was very uplifting. I thought that even for a 40-year-old man, I went, you know what? You're fucking right. You know, and it's, it's funny that the, the, the lines are being delivered to me from pretty much Margot Robbie yeah. playing Barbie. <laughs> and uh, not saying anything bad about Margot because she's a, a tremendous actress. We've said it time and time again. We love her in, in the movie she's in. And it's not just because how she looks. She's just phenomenal. I mean, whether it was Babylon, whether it was Amsterdam, whether it was, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, no matter what she's been in, as Harley Quinn, whether it's in the Birds of Prey movies or the Suicide Squad movies, she is just actually, she's stolen the show. And in a lot of ways is, is tremendous. Of course, then you have other great actors in this movie. Ryan Gosling does an impeccable job. I think this is... We went to see two movies this weekend, and both of them had tremendous acting. Yeah. Both of them were shot tremendously well. Both of them were scored amazingly. And the stories were both on point. So the reason why Barbenheimer... And I know I'm mixing in Oppenheimer a little bit here, too. The reason why Barbenheimer was such a fucking success in This Is Note to Hollywood is because it gave people something different and it gave people something meaningful. And I think that that's where success lies. Uh, anything you guys, guys want to add for an opening before we move on? No, it just... It has no business being as deep as it is. And even with, like, if you've seen the trailer, you think you know what the story's going to be about. You know, Barbie and Ken going to the real world. They give you the old Alabama switcheroo. That's not this movie. And it's incredible how they hid the fact of what this movie was going to be. Absolutely, Ron. Anything you want to add in the beginning? No, you guys hit every actually every point on this that makes it such a great movie. Oh, absolutely. So when you when you see this movie, Diesel just said it. The first opening scene in this movie, and the reason why the open is so fun to me is because you have the perfect Barbie open. First of all, you have the uh, the dawn of since the dawn of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Girls have played with dolls, and you have and there was a clip that they had that clip out about a year ago when yeah. they first announced the movie. That was actually the original trailer. If yeah, you the original yes. teaser. 
so they have the whole thing Margot Robbie standing there and the girls smashing their dolls their baby course, dolls and of course you know Barbie and then it goes right into the movie and in the movie we get the what you would get for a stereotypical what we thought Barbie was going to be the movie as a whole because you get Barbie waking up in her house you have the little Barbie song playing and she gets into the fake shower and she makes her fake breakfast and everybody's happy and she goes and supports all of her friends because in this world all of the women are in all the powerful positions because it's Barbie and the Kens are there just to please the Barbies. Yes. And, and of course, then we have Alan. Alan is just Ken's friend. Uh, fits in all of uh, Ken's clothes. There you go. And of course, <laughs> there's sightings of Midge and Skipper as well. Uh, but, you know, most of everybody, as you notice when we listed the actors, was, was Barbie. So, as we're going through, she's supporting all of her friends. We get the little clip that we saw the beach off. Because the, the two Kens are jealous. Yes. And they're trying to prove it out for our main Barbie, if you will, Margot Robbie. Uh, we'll have to call her by her actress name because if we just say Barbie, everybody is Barbie. Yes. We, we learned, too, that the fact that Barbies always have a wonderful day. Everything is picture yes. perfect. Ken only has a good day if Barbie looks at him. Yes. Ken, <laughs> Ken is very, very much dependent on Barbie. And that's how we this movie starts off, as, as we know, because Ken is the second fiddle to Barbie in, in, the, in, the, in the dolls. So they go on, and of course, Barbie's having a party at her house, and all the Kens are there, and all the Barbies are there, and they're having a good time. And then Ken, Ryan Gosling, so the main Ken, Bar our Barbie's Ken, if you will, uh, is you know in love with Barbie, because all Kens are in love with Barbie. And he's like, but, you know, we're together. And, you know, in their world, yes, they are, but there's no, like, canoodling or anything. <laughs> and she's just like, he's just goes for a kiss, and, like, she just lets him lean in. <laughs> and that's good enough for Ken. And then he's like, well, I thought I could stay the night. And she's like, you can't stay the night because we're having a sleepover. Barbies have a sleepover every night. And during this, there is a dance number. And this is the first time we get that there's something a little off. Because during said dance number, what does Barbie do? Diesel. Just in the middle of the dance number, she blurts out, does anyone have any thoughts of death? <laughs> Which gets the record to go, and everybody's like, what? She catches herself and turns it around and the party keeps going on, but stereotypical Barbie starts to realize there's something wrong with her. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Exactly. So the next morning when she wakes up, is it the same as what we saw the first day, Ron? No. What happens with Barbie yeah. in the morning? She she goes and uh, the, takes a shower, but the shower the water's off. You know, the water's too cold. Yep. Which obviously, never happens. Uh, which, you know, never happens and there's no water. So then she goes down to get the milk and she pours it into the glass. Mind you, there's no, nothing there. It's Ben Sapiro's told us, and she drinks it, but it's gone bad, and then she looks at it, it says expired, which is, you know, something that ever happens, but, you know, the only way Barbie ever comes out of her dream house is by just taking off the top of the roof. Yeah, and Princess Peaching her way down. Yep, and so she and does. as I explained, because girls, uh, girl, the girls who play with the dolls, they don't have time to walk through doors, yep. they just move them. Yep, so she, that's what she did. She stepped off like she does every morning, and this time she fell. <laughs> right to the ground. <laughs> And then she goes to the beach to play some beach volleyball. And what happens that dry, that, that really sets us in motion, Diesel? Much to the chagrin of Dan Schneider and Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> she gets flat feet. Yep. <laughs> yes, her feet go flat. And a Barbie's always are on their toes, whether they're wearing shoes or not. <laughs> yep. So she doesn't know. And then she shows the other Barbies, and they all freak out. Oh, oh flat feet, flat feet. So then they tell her she has to go see Weird Barbie. <laughs> and we found out that Weird Barbie used to be the most beautiful Barbie ever made. But then the girl that owned her played with her too rough. 
too hard. Too hard. <laughs> and what happens is they become weird. They have they they're in splits most of the time. <laughs> they have weird coloring on their face. Their hair is chopped and colored because they were played with too hard. So she goes to see Weird Barbie, who is kind of like the Oracle. <laughs> yeah, she is definitely the Oracle character, and she informs Barbie that your connection to the real world is going through some shit right now. And you can either go in there and get that fixed and go back to your picture-perfect life. With no cellulite, because we're finding well, out we she's forming just... cellulite for Weird Barbie. <laughs> and that's how, how you're going to fix it. But then she gives her the fake choice of, you can take these sandals and go do that. Or you can just have your shoes. She tries to take the shoes, but the, the <laughs> shoes are not an option. You like, have to go on your... Weird like, I'm just trying to give you a false option. You have to go do this. <laughs> well, no, I, no. No, you have to go do this. <laughs> so how do I get there? Well, you're going to go by... You're going to go by car to, to get out of the city limits. Yeah. Then you'll go by boat, by snowmobile, by tandem bike... <laughs> Uh, and then finally, oh, there's, rocket. Oh, there, there, and there's a rocket in, there. in the middle. And then she's like, and finally, you'll go by uh, rollerblades. rollerblades into the new world. Yeah. And so as she's leaving, they're all going to say, good luck. Wait, go find your girls. So, <laughs> and tell us how the real world is, because obviously girls are empowered there, because that's what we do. Yep. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> and uh, of course, you know, at this point, Semi Lou's uh, Ken is telling Ryan Gosling's Ken, hey, why aren't you going to be with your, your girl? And he goes, well, she doesn't want me to go. And I don't really want to go either. He's like, oh, so she didn't ask you. Oh, no, no, she asked me. <laughs> and, of course, he guilts him into it, to the fact that he sneaks in the back of the car. And as we uh, uh, are singing closer to fine <laughs> on the way down the road, up jumps Ken, <laughs> startles Barbie. Card flips. <laughs> and then he says, oh, I'm going to go with you. So she does let you know him go. Because he do didn't bring his roller skates. Do you have your roller blades at least? Yeah, I'd never leave home without them. <laughs> So they go, and they end up doing everything and going into the real world, and we end up in Venice Beach, California. And the first thing Barbie notices is that she's getting oogled by all the men in this world. And she's like, wow, that's kind of weird. That guy's checking me out. And, uh, of course, there's some guys also checking Ken out, and Ken's like, yeah. (laughs) They respect me here. They respect me here. (laughs) And so uh, she goes and tries to get some woman power, because in Barbie land, all the construction workers are women. All the important people are women. So she goes over to the construction site and goes, Hey, construction girls, how you doing? And it's all men who are catcalling her. <laughs> so she's like, there's something weird about this place. So as she's going to try to find the young girl who is Sasha uh, to figure out what's going on with her that's bleeding into Barbie and Barbie land, Ken is experiencing this new world going, wait a minute, the guys here seem like they're in control. So he ends up going to the library, long story short, and he gets all these books on patriarchy because now he's figured out what the patriarch looks like. And he's like, oh, here men are in control. A woman came up to me and she asked me the time. I didn't have a watch, (laughs) but she still respected me to ask me the time. That's literally a line of dialogue. And it's hilarious because Gosling is great in this movie. So while that's all happening, she finds Sasha. And uh, is Sasha exactly happy to see Barbie, Ron? No. (laughs) Uh, Sasha kind of destroys Barbie. Sasha's the the, the bully. She's filled with teenage angst. Yeah. Because before that, when they first get to Venice... They're, they're, she's sitting there and she's getting visions of the people that are playing with her and she sees this little girl growing up and then sees her not getting played with as much and you know this girl's obviously outgrew Barbie 
Yes, and of course she then uh, proceeds to crush Barbie with her dialogue of you're everything that's wrong with what women think to be because they aspire to be something they can't, looks that they can't look like, and the fact that we can't do what you do, and that's what's wrong because you're trying to make girls live into an image that they can't live with. And she's like, but no, we're supposed to be the good. And of course, eventually she cries and runs off. Gets called a fascist. (laughs) She does get called a fascist. Uh, But this leads to Mattel realizing that she's in the real world. Of course, Mattel is led by their CEO, which is played by Will Ferrell. <laughs> so that's always going to lead to some fun things. And of course, they, he sends out the goons, if you will, to pick up Barbie. And of course, Barbie gets in the car with them. And Ken, of course, makes the decision of, yeah, I don't think I need to get picked up with Barbie. Yeah. Well, we also find out that years ago, this has happened before with uh, Skipper. Yes, yes, Skipper broke out and then... Uh, in Florida. Which, which, which caused some trouble, but it was just Skipper. This is Barbie. We can't have Barbie in the real yeah. world. And after they only get Barbie, they're like, well, what about Ken? And basically, Will Ferrell's like, who cares about Ken? Nobody cares, <laughs> about, Nobody Ken. cares about Ken. So after finding out, he goes off and he tries to say that he's going to run this world because he learned what patriarchy is. So he goes and tries to get a job in the real world. And they're like, well, you still need an MBA and stuff. And he goes, well, you guys are doing patriarchy wrong. And the guy leans in. And it's a funny line. He just goes, listen. We're doing patriarchy just fine. We're just letting people believe that we're not in control. You know, it's kind of behind the scenes. <laughs> I thought it was a hilarious line because it's, it's it's fitting in the world, right? Yeah. So now that he can't get a job and stuff here and he can't take over the real world, he goes, oh, but I could go back to Barbie land and tell all the Kens what I found out about patriarchy. Yes. So Ken goes back to Barbie land while Barbie is now at Mattel. When Barbie goes to Mattel, they're just trying to get her to go back in the box. Yep, get back in the box. <laughs> get back in the box. And she catches on to him, and she escapes. And, of course, America Ferrara's character uh, then helps her escape with Sasha because she, at this point, Juncture knows that she's responsible for bringing Barbie in the world because mm. it's not the daughter that Barbie's connected to. It's the mother. Yeah, so during those visions, it wasn't about the little girl. It was about the mother who was, you know, her daughter's growing up, doesn't want anything to do with her anymore. She had started playing with the Barbies that she had found again and started having you know thoughts about death and cellulite barbie and that's what was coming into the barbie land affecting stereotypical barbie i did skip over one important part the first time we see rhea perlman is before she escapes and finds gloria outside to help her as she's trying to escape she runs into her room running away from all the the goons and will ferrell and she meets rhea perlman who of course is playing the Ruth Harland who is the creator of Barbie who has been long since passed yeah. uh, we, in real life we'll talk about that in a minute because uh, there's a real funny payoff to it at the end of the movie so she meets Ruth and Ruth is like basically like oh you know I know I made you perfect you know kind of like she doesn't she at first Barbie in this meeting does not put together that she's the creator of Barbie Ruth is so basically Ruth is just happy to talk to her creation and she helps her escape. Barbie escapes. Gloria and Sasha get her out of there. And then they're going back to Barbie land because I need to get out of the real world. So as they go back to Barbie land, who else? Who got to Barbie land first? Ken. Ken so, had a little head start. So <laughs> when, when they go back to Barbie land and she's telling Gloria and Sasha how great and how woman powered Barbie land is. And you're going to love it because it's nothing like the real world. And then they get to Barbie land, and what do they find, Diesel? The patriarchy has taken hold. The Barbies are under some sort of spell, and the Kens are in power. <laughs> and they are all about horses and big cars. <laughs> horses, big cars, and Matchbox 20. <laughs> and yes, they, they love push by Matchbox 20. By the way, I also want to point out that uh, the Barbie dream houses no longer belong to the Barbies. They belong to the Kens, and they are Mojo Dojo. Dojo. 
Casa Casa Houses. Yes. Casa Mo- houses yeah. Mojo Dojo Casa <laughs> Houses. Now, by the way, these hit the shelves in trucks and the real world. And Will Ferrell's like, this can't happen. We got to go stop this shit. Is literally <laughs> what he says. The, so Mattel has to go into the Barbie world, too. But they find out that the Casa Di- uh like the Mojo houses are selling like wildfire, so they're like, "Oh, wait a minute!" <laughs> Except for Will Ferrell, because that's the CEO. He's like, "I don't care that they're selling well. This is not the message we need to send. We've made a company out of all the messages from Barbie. We need to go stop this." Uh, so he doesn't care about the price when it's Ken. <laughs> so they, so basically, what happens is all the Barbies are under a spell. So now, instead of being doctors and presidents and lawyers, they are just dressed in maids' outfits, serving brewski beers, <laughs> brewski beers to the Kens. Yes. And being subservient. So, how do we get a... So, so basically, Weird Barbie gives up. Margot Robbie's Barbie gives up. And they end up at Weird Barbie's house. And finally, they snap... uh, Finally, Gloria snaps Margot Robbie's Barbie out of this and says, you know, you need to get a hold of yourself and basically tells her what it is to be a woman. Like, all the bad parts. But we still fight through it. You know why? Because we're women. So, there's your feminism message. Was like, hey, yes, we get the shit dumped on us. Yes, we have to take care of all the problems for us and our our significant others. Yes, we have to, like, work harder for less pay. And they say, but she goes, but you know what? We do it and we persevere because we're strong. And and if somebody got offended by that as a message, I don't understand what you're offended by because I thought it was very well eloquent. It yeah. wasn't putting down men. It was basically saying, hey, we eat all this shit and we still succeed. And I think that was a, a strong message, especially to young women. Yes. So I, 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 I did appreciate the message, honestly. And it was done in a fun way. Yeah. So this snaps Barbie out of it. it snaps, starts snapping a couple of the Barbies well, that are nearby out of it. It snaps our Barbie out of it because she wasn't really taken over, but she was down in the dumps. Yeah. But while they, she snaps her out of it, it snaps one of the brainwashed ones that they had brought in, which I do believe was Dua Lupas. Yeah, who, the president Barbie. She was, uh, not president. She was the uh, the writer. Oh, the yeah. Nobel. Because they kidnapped yeah, yeah. They kidnap President Barbie next. So they use Dua Lupa's Barbie to distract the Ken that's with the president. They kidnap the, pre- the her. They have Gloria do the same spiel. It turns the president back into free thinking. And so their plan is we're going to just keep kidnapping Barbies. We'll give them the spiel. They'll go back to their normal selves. And then we'll use them to distract other Kens because Kens are just distracted by brewski beers and hot women. Yes. And... If you don't know how to play a sport, they'll tell you. If you've never seen The Godfather, they will tell you the entire time it's playing. And it's a good distraction for us <laughs> because then we can turn everybody. And then after we've turned them, we're going to start playing too. So we turn all the Barbies. All the Barbies are back, but they're acting still like they're controlled. Yeah. And then that's when Margot Robbie goes back to Ryan Gosling. And she's just like, you know, I want to be your are your non-exclusive, what is it, non-exclusive sometimes girlfriend yeah. or something like yeah. that is the line. And so they end up going to the beach where he serenades her with some Mash Mash 20 push. But by the way, if you would like to hear that version of push, it is now available on streaming services. So you can hear the Ryan Gosling version of push. Yep. And then the camera moves back and then we see another Ken serenading another Barbie with Matchbox 20's push. <laughs> Four hours later. And then we see another Ken serenading another Barbie. And then, with we, <laughs> and then we realize they're all there on the beach. So the, the plan is now that we're going to make our Kens jealous. So we got to Mar- the Kens against each other now. Yes. So now Margot Robbie's Barbie goes over and starts talking to Simi Liu. <laughs> and Simi Liu's Barbie goes talks to another one. So some of them are on the outs and some of them are having multiple Barbies talk to them. So the ones on the outs, like Ryan Gosling's Ken... Get real mad. Real mad. And by the way, uh, this whole time, Alan's with the Barbies and, and kills somebody. He kills a guard. Yeah. Alan wants things to go back. He cannot stand being in a world live, run by Kens, and he will do anything to help the Barbies. 
including murder. Yes. And I Straight love it. As, death. as he's choking the construction <laughs> Ken to death on the side of the road, he's just like, just let go. Just go to sleep. It's okay. Just <laughs> it let, was great. You, just let go. Scene. It's such a psycho scene. Michael Sarah is amazing <laughs> in this movie. I'm, I'm just, uh, I almost forgot to say that part. I love Michael Sarah in this movie. He's so good. So the Kens are going against each other. So Ron, once they pit the Kens against each other, what does a red-blooded patriarch man have to do and when you're on two separate sides. Gotta, gotta fight. That's right. So, the, Ken, the Ken battle is on. The only way you can fight, though, is in a dance-off. Dance <laughs> <laughs> because in the world of Barbie Land, there is no real weapons. No. So they start off with a fight, but they're using things like volleyballs and lacrosse sticks and stuff like that. Frisbees. Because there's no, there's no guns or weapons. And at this point is when the Mattel execs get there. They're like, are you sure there's no real weapons in this world? And he's like, absolutely not. And Barbie doesn't have weapons. So, like... It does end in a dance-off. But in, during the dance-off, they learn, and by the way, the Ken song, the Ken song which was, was, great. was really good. Uh, the dance-off with the Ken song, they realize that they all are should be brothers again. And that they, they shouldn't get taken over. But why were the Barbies putting them against each other, Diesel? Well, so the Ken's main plan was they were going to change the constitution of Barbie land. <laughs> and this was supposed to be the day they, they did that, so the Ken's had control. But they got distracted because Kens are kind of dumb and easily distracted, and the Barbies re-voted in Barbie Land's core ideals. By the way, uh, just for a fun fact, do any of you remember what they were going to call the Ken Land? It was going to Kendom. be the Kendom. Kendom. Yes, yes, it was going to be the Kendom. <laughs> so, I had to think about it for a second. Uh, so now the Barbies are back in control. They have their dream houses back, and the Kens have lost again. So the Kens go confront the Barbies, not in a, a mean way, but they're, you know, Ken is really upset because he is in love with Margot Robbie yeah. and all, as all Kens are in love with their Barbie. And she basically feels bad because she's like, you are sweet and I, it's my fault that I treated you, you know, wrongly, but you have to remember, you have to start doing things for you. And this is where the message of be yourself. He's like, I'm just here for you. And she's like, no, I can't be with you until you figure out who Ken is. Like you need to be happy and figure out who Ken is. And then I can, maybe that can happen, but not, I, I need to figure out who I am. You need to figure out who you are. And I, all I know is that I have learned that whoever I am is good enough. And you need to learn that. Uh, which does lead to Ken wearing a I'm Ken enough shirt. Yeah. He, he learns the lesson right, right quick because all of a sudden he has a I am Ken enough shirt. <laughs> yes. And so like like the messaging was beautiful because it was really for everybody. and It yeah. wasn't just for women or men or, or you know, one specific group. It's just saying everybody needs to feel comfortable in their skin and whoever you are and, and own it and be. And I thought that that was a really good message at the end of the day. And that but that is not the end of the movie. As we find out, uh, of course, the CEO of Mattel is there, and he's like, he's like, I, I believe that too. I like tickles. <laughs> Just don't hug me. Yeah, uh, and he gets freaked out by Mitch. <laughs> so Ruth makes an appearance in Barbie. Yes, then. and that's when she introduces that she's Ruth Harland, the creator of Barbie, and all the Barbies are like, Oh, that's amazing. That's great. You're our creator. And she kind of like shares that I've made you all perfect because Barbie's like, well, I don't feel like ugly. And that's where we get the greatest line from the narrator ever because she's like, I don't feel pretty. And the narrator goes, note to the producers of this film. If you're going to look for a line of not feeling pretty, it's probably not best to cast Margot Robbie in the role. Yes. And it was just kind of like a, there's a little pe The narrator does a little peeks behind the curtains. It is fun. So, you know, Ruth, you know, ends up having like this whole wonderful conversation uh, with Barbie about you know hey 
you are who you are and you know, and Barbie wants to be in the real world. Yeah, Barbie wants to be in the real world. She doesn't want to be an idea. She wants to be able to have her own ideas, which was very really like the way they did that scene was like really emotional. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I thought it was really good and it's a nice li- and it's a nice real level scene for uh Rhea Perlman cuz we're used to doing her doing comedy. Yeah. I mean, when she first comes in, she has some comedic lines, more comedic lines, and then she just jumps right over. Yeah. She's just a lady with uh, some tax evasion problems. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lady who has a but my favorite line when she first shows up in Barbie Land is from Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is like, "Oh, because they're like, oh, Ruth Harlan, the creator. He's like, oh, yes, that is Ruth. Her ghost has an office on the 17th floor. <laughs> Which is where we find out where Barbie met her. Yes. And, of course, she's been passed away for a while, so she's a ghost, technically. So I just love how he's like, her ghost has an office on the 17th floor. <laughs> the fact that they have a room dedicated to the ghost of Ruth Harlan. <laughs> so Ruth basically says, well, I have no control over you, and it's not for me to grant you. But she's like, oh, you're my creator. She's like, yeah, whatever. But you can decide that. If you want to be in the real world, you can decide that. So Barbie chooses to be in the real world. And we get one last scene. Uh, a little fun scene as uh, she's in the car with uh, Gloria and her husband and of course Sasha and everybody's you know team together and they're all excited because they're dropping her off somewhere and she's got this big thing going on we all assume she's getting a job or something right and she goes up to the counter uh, to the receptionist and says you know uh, you know my name is uh, Barbara 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 Harland comma Barbara and the lady goes, Do you, what is your business? And she goes, I'm here to meet my gynecologist for the first time. <laughs> and I was like, unnecessary joke, but okay, at least we ended on a cutesy moment. And not so cutesy the sheer fact that we know that the Ken and Barbies in the Barbie land did not have operational genitalia. And so obviously she does now. She does now. So her wish was granted. She's a real woman now. <laughs> She's a real girl instead of a real boy. Uh, but if she wants to be a boy, she can do that as well. Yes. We're here to support Barbie and whatever decision and everybody else in whatever decision. Because you know what? I do believe that that message was great. The fact that you can do and be what you are and be comfortable in it. I do. I, I did like that message. And it's kind of weird that there's people who are offended by that message. That is going to be my half political statement yeah. for, for the show. Uh, so at the end also there's a really cool thing as they go through the end credits they show the real f- Barbies that all the Barbies in the movie are based upon yeah. and like what year they were produced and some of them were discontinued like Alan was only around for a little bit before being discontinued they have the dog that poops yep. uh, they have all sorts of, of different Barbie facts and I, I thought that was really kind of neat at the end just to tie it all up in a nice little bow Skipper who goes through puberty <laughs> oh Jesus I love in the the movie when uh, Gloria meets that Skipper and just raises her arm and her boobs grow and she's like she's she's growing growing up Skipper <laughs> you're, like, you're like oh Jesus why would they make that yeah Sasha why would they make that it was it, what was it? It was the seventies. Everything was different. It I was, got a TV in my back. Oh yeah, the one the one with the media. I got a TV in my back. You think that's nice? It's not. It's just there was a there was a lot of cool. I thought there was a lot of cool, a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun jokes in the movie, and they, there's still a message. They drop a bleeped out motherfucker, which I did enjoy. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah. forgot about that when they're coming off the the, the president. Yeah. Listen, motherfuckers. Drops the, the motherfucker. Mattel, the Mattel goes over it. The Mattel label. Yep, the Mattel logo over her mouth. It was like, they just dropped a motherfucker. Fucking A-Right. <laughs> President gets real for a minute. Uh, so now that we've gone through the movie and the nuts and bolts and kind of talked about some of the things we liked, and there's uh, not too much that we disliked, let's add to the likes. Diesel, would you like any, to add anything to the likes of Barbie? So just the aesthetics of it all causing a goddamn national shortage in pink paint. Like, this movie was pink. And it looked amazing, even though it was just pink. Um, everybody was great in this movie. And the messages behind this movie were really good. And the 
Uh, we didn't really touch on it, but the heartwarming moment where the Sasha tells her mom, "No, mom, you're fucking amazing. Your yeah. your your drawings of the oddball Barbies are fucking great." It was just like it was a nice heartwarming moment, of like the mother daughter getting closer because yeah. of Barbie. Very good, uh, Ron. Any likes you want to add? It was it was definitely uh, there was enough comedy beats to keep people in it through that you know after uh, you know without knowing what, where the story was going to go. Like the comedy beats all hit in the beginning. You need to go and then you get the story, and which is fine. And it's a solid story. It's uh, something that I think everybody needs to see. Um, the 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 relationship between the mother and the daughter. You know that arc starts out low, and then you know that arc makes it to the end where they're happy together. The the scene where they're in the car and they're trying they're you know getting Barbie away and she's just like where did you learn you know Sasha's like where did you learn to drive like this and her mother's like well there was this guy you mean dad and mind you you have not met dad at all yet at this point in time and she's like yeah dad and then you meet dad after that and he's totally not this whole thing like so you're like you wonder if it's actually really Sasha's actual biological father or well not, not so much that but like the fact that she's not just a mom she yeah. is a woman and she had a past yeah yeah which, like, which, which was solid i thought it was cool uh like you guys touched on most of them i i will just say that i like the fact that this story has the arcs it is really a well yeah. put together story we have different arcs with different people i thought ryan gosling plays ken amazingly yeah. uh because you know it's hard to play somebody who's kind of dumb if you will dumb and, and, bland. and, and acting dumb and bland and then actually growing into a different character like becoming an asshole but then also and then becoming understanding yeah. so it's kind of like a really weird like growth for ken and i thought that that was he brought that to the table very well mm-hmm. uh everybody else kind of copies off of that ken which yeah. is fine because that's at the end of the day the kens are dumb and they whatever but and he was stereotypical grow. Ken so like they have to take their lead from stereotypical Ken yeah so then you know you get that and like I said the coming together message I thought it just was a very very good story um there's always dislikes of movies so we're gonna go with the dislikes Ron I'll start with you did you have any dislikes from the Barbie movie uh, I, I actually I not too many uh, that, that really are worth saying um it, it's one of those movies that is very done well the you know so it's just little nitpicky stuff maybe you could have cut a few minutes here and there it uh, i don't think it, there's anything really worth okay diesel any dislikes for barbie normally i would be jumping in on this being like it's a little preachy but the way they handle their messages they handled it right. so well so i can't even be like upset about that like you know the the father sasha's father being kind of like a a dumbass yeah no a real he, life ken yeah like everything that they did like nothing in there was just like men are bad it's like toxic masculinity is bad but they handled all of it really well and I think everyone did a stellar job with this and they did push through like three or four solid messages really well Yeah, (laughs) I agree I I don't think that ever got too didactic at all Uh, I do have a couple dislikes and I not anything major my first dislike not enough John Cena (laughs) <laughs> which, well, you don't which, know that. Which you don't fun. know. You we might not have seen him. Able to see him. Yeah, that's and true. Like we didn't see him until he came over. The I did. I did. I did enjoy the fact that uh, John Cena is a merman yeah. in, this, in, in the Barbie movie. A merken. Uh, merken. Yes, sorry, merken. Uh, I did. I did enjoy that. Uh, 
no, really. I always could use more John Cena in my life, but I'm okay with it. I just wanted to make the joke because John Cena is in the movie. And uh, but the only other, and it's not really a major dislike, but like going into that uh, final, the the final portion there with uh, Ruth and Barbie. And there's some impactful stuff, but the beginning of it kind of started off a little weird because there was still a little bit of jokes and fun, and then it kind of kicked right into the seriousness. I wish it would have just kind of been a little more streamlined. However, the message in like between the the really touching conversation between the two of them ended up turning it and being fine. It's just there was this really odd beginning part because she mentions the tax evasion thing a couple times. Like the first time it was funny, the second time you're like, okay, we're we're reaching, you know, like can we can we go with a different joke? Uh, but at the same time, they turned it around, so it's not a complete dislike. It's just a little minor uh, thing. Um, as any movie, I think you could have cut some time off, but. Yeah, that's Once again, I don't know where to cut because there's... Uh, I mean, I guess I would have cut a little bit with the, with the Mattel people. Yeah. Because that was kind of weird. I did like the chase. The chase was fine because it was kind of funny and goofy. But, like, there's a I, couple different times... Well, and I love Will Ferrell, but there's a couple different times where they... I, I feel like, you know, the Greta and, and company were just like, oh, we have Will Ferrell. We just need to put him on screen. Yeah. You know, does that, and I mean, I love Will Ferrell, but don't get me wrong. There's a couple times we could just cut Will Ferrell I, I thought, thought it would have just been funnier if they got lost heading to Barbie Land. Yes, that would have been funnier. I also think that, like, that when he comes out of the, the Midge's house uh, at the end, that was really kind of pointless. Like, that whole point there was pointless, so you could have cut that. Because you could have really just brought him to made known the fact that he was there and then been there for the joking about Ruth being the ghost on the 17th floor. Well, he might be the father of Midge's child. You never know. You never know. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, we didn't need to know he likes tickles because it made no fucking. It it, 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 it it wasn't even it wasn't even as funny as the other lines. In the the way they handled the Mattel people was a little slapstick and a little too like comical. Like it was not based in the real world at all. It was like this third world. It was like the in between between the real world and Barbie Land. Yeah. It was very like out of touch. I'll, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of just weird. I just think that if I was going to cut anything, I would have cut some of that time. But I get it. I understand. I'm sure that when Greta Gerwig was going, oh, we have Will Ferrell, we just kind of get Will Ferrell on screen occasionally because let's be honest, Will Ferrell's Will Ferrell. All right. Now that we have given our full spoiler review of Barbie, before we can give our scores, it's time to give the scores from around the internet. And you know how we like to do that one. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! That's right, it's time to play the game. Of course, Ron took back the throne last week. Can Diesel get it back for during the Barbie movie? Or will Ron continue his streak? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to play the game. The game is played simple. We're going to take scores from around the internet from like IMDB, Rotten Tomatoes, and Google users. And we're going to have the two gentlemen guess them using prices Right rules. Closest to the number without going over gets the point. First to three points wins. Of course, if the final question has to be a tiebreaker, it can be worth two points uh, in case the, the, the score is off because somebody missed the question by so much. Or... Or it can also, it is also definitely closest to the number, period. It doesn't mean if you go over or not. We just want closest to the number because we need a winner. We don't do ties here. Gentlemen, are you ready to play the game? Let's go, Barbie. All right. Well, we're going to party. Diesel, you get to go first because you are the challenger. IMDb out of 10. Using points, what did they give the Barbie movie? 8.7. Ronald. First week, people love it. Seven. Seven. 8.7. And Ron gets the point. 7.6 out of 10. 
Right. Diesel, you busted. Oh, bitches. <laughs> Ron. I, I was just trying to figure out the best number to pick there to give me a leeway. They're, 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 well, you also had to go under. Yeah. Thankfully, you did. Uh, Metacritic, Ron. So critics only, out of 100%, what did they give the Barbie movie? 72. Diesel. I'll be a gentleman. 77. <laughs> 77 for Diesel. 72, 72 for Ron. And... Diesel gets the point, 80%. Okay. Next up, Diesel, you go first. Rotten Tomatoes critic score. So the critics for Rotten Tomatoes. Out of 100%, what did they give the Barbie movie? 75. Ron. Ooh, I like that. I actually like that a lot. <laughs> That's a good number. <laughs> Above a, or below? <sighs> oh, fuck. Oh, 76. 76 to 75? I'm not a gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grasping at straws. Ron gets the point, 90%. Oh, 90%. I would never have gone that high. All right, Ron. You go first here and for the win, because you have two points. Ron Tomatoes fan score out of 100%. What do they give the Barbie movie? I got to get this right on, Broly. 86. 87. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was our quickest, like, turn of all time. And it pays off. Diesel gets the point, 90%. So it has the same exact Ooh. score. <laughs> All right, that means the tiebreaker is on. This is closest to the number, period. Google users, out of 100%, what did they give the Barbie movie? Diesel, since you are the challenger, you have to go first. What did Google users give it? 93. Ron. <laughs> Google users are so high. Usually. Yeah. 92. So... We know somebody won. If it's 93 or higher, Diesel gets the win. Anything 92 or lower, Ron gets the I'm win. Hoping, I'm just hoping this is that one movie that they just went a little low. <laughs> Your winner. And still champion, Ron. 83%. Nice. I can tell you this much. Oh. Google users are always going to be the pretty people when there's any controversy that's going to be lower. Yeah. So there is, as we pointed out, there's people that think like Ben Shapiro in this <laughs> world, unfortunately, and uh, they can't separate movie and all that happy jazz. So. Try and join watching Barbie in this small town. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Diesel, stop, stop loving it down. I, I'm, ti I'm tired of that shit. <laughs> I, I've heard oh. enough about it. All those guys can go... Fuck themselves. No. <laughs> All right. With that, let's. Now that we've found out what the scores from around the internet is, it is now time for us to finally give our scores for the Barbie movie. Yeah. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Of course, we are going to give our nerd score first, and then followed by my critic score. Of course, the nerd score is based on the nerd scale, and the nerd score is a recommendation score that's based off of our critic score mixed with an entertainment score to get the finalized number. And of course, that means if a movie is critically not so good, but is super entertaining, it can have a higher nerd score and vice versa. The nerd scale has five parts and five parts alone. We just have five levels. There's no points or anything else in between. It falls into one of five levels. The levels are such a one, is a no. That means the movie is terrible. You should never watch it. A two is you've been warned. That means the movie is not quite terrible, but it's not good. So you've been warned not to watch it. A three is, ah, eh, it's good. These are average to good movies. They're not essential to watch, but if you happen to catch them when they're on a streaming service or on in the background somewhere, you're not going to regret watching the movie, but you're also probably never going to watch it again. And you know, it's not like you felt like you wasted your time, but it's not something you're going to add to your rotation. Four is just take my money. These are movies 
movies that are very good to great. These are movies that you can feel comfortable going to the movie theater and spending money on, adding them to your collection. You might even add them to your rotation and watch them multiple times because they're very good to great films. And last but certainly not least is the rarefied air known as certified nerd. These are the legend, wait for it, dairy movies the classics like Jaws, Jurassic Park and so many other movies that can fit on this list over the years. We could just give our list of the certified nerd movies, but you can check out older episodes if you want to find that out. Now, with the uh, scale out of the way, knowing what you know, starting with Ron, what did you give Bar the Barbie movie for your nerd score? I give this movie actually a 5. You're going with a 5! Audience, say it with me. Legendary! It is shot beautifully. The comedy is there. The story is there, the message is there, and it, it does end with like the comedy of going to see a gynecologist for the first time. Like it's, it's just a great arc. It's written very well. I mean, it, it, it's one of those movies that I was, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to give it after I watched it, and I've been thinking about it all weekend. And it's it's it is a solid full movie. Like I enjoyed it that much where I'm like, all right, go see it, enjoy it, add it to your rotation because I really think the message there is something that can hit even. For generations later, so just like the, just like the toy, it could go live on later, and you don't even need to make a part two to this at all, which they probably will oh, because no, will. because of how much money it's making. That one's probably not going to be any, anywhere near as good. But like I said, you could just leave it here and end it with this, and it'd be fine. All right, Diesel, it is now time for your nerd score and why for the Barbie movie. We are also at a five. Audience, say it with me: legendary. In a startling afterthought of this movie this movie did not need to be this good true we did not expect it the trailer did not lead us to believe this no they gave us a really well written well acted well shot well everything and they had several really impactful messages and for the entertainment scale as well this is very rewatchable there was a lot of good comedy you will watch this movie several times if you enjoy this all right, I'll say this. Uh, before I say it about Barbie, I'll just say the Barbenheimer weekend was a certified nerd weekend. I just got to throw that out there. Uh, lots of great things happening, and the, the big bucket of win for movie theaters, who a lot of which needed the money, uh, because let's be honest, the, the movie business is kind of fell on its ass as far as the theater business. We know a lot of the theaters, there's a lot of theaters who have closed and so on and so forth, so I'm glad that this got an influx of money into a lot of markets, including smaller markets. So... Barbenheimer was great. Hollywood do better. Let's get more Barbenheimer weekends. I'm not saying Barbie and Oppenheimer all the time, but I'm saying let's get more of these big weekends where we have these gigantic blockbusters again because just shy of 100 million and 155 million domestically here in the US is unheard of these days True. and they did it. I don't believe some of the hype is some of the other people that these that these movies are going to fall off. I think both of these movies are going to maybe not do what they did in the opening week cuz nobody does that that number, but I think that they're not going to fall so yeah. far down because there's enough word of mouth that people who are either going to rewatch them or didn't go see them cuz they didn't believe the hype are going to go see them. I'm calling 60 million for Barbie, 30 million for Oppenheimer. I might think they might switch. I, I'm going to say this. I don't think so. I don't think that... I don't, I actually, I'm going to go on a limb. Haunted Mansion is going to take up some money. I'm going to guess Barbie will have a bigger fall just because it's it's been watched by more people. And it's, it's, it's already at $155 million, okay? We're already made... You, they made their money back just on the domestic draw. And I haven't even given my scores yet, by the way. I'll give them in a second. I think that... Uh, I think both of them are going to round about $60 million. I think Oppenheimer's going to have a less of a drop-off because I think less people went to see it because it's a three-hour film. And now that people are hearing that it's an Oscar-worthy movie, 
uh, not just from us. Uh, like I said, teaser, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast via Diesel did give our review there. We I will tell you, we think it's an Oscar-worthy movie. And so, therefore, th- knowing that, I think that that movie's not going to have as far of a drop-off because less people went to see it, I think. Barbie, more people went to see, but I don't think it's going to fall completely. That's why I said $60 million for each. And I think Haunted Mansion might squeak out number one, but right around that $60 million as well. I think you're going to have three movies. I think we're going to have three movies, in the, like $180 million between the three movies. Oh, yeah. That's without a doubt. So I think I think it's going to be another $200 million plus box office weekend. It's just going to be a little lower from the ones that came out, but that's not a bad thing. They're still going to add tons of money. Because if you think about $60 million puts Barbie at over $200 million domestically. It puts Oppenheimer at almost $150 million domestically. I think those are good numbers. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to my score, finally. I'm agreeing with these guys. It's a five. It's certified. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. Clean, sweet. Margot yeah. Robbie once again. Uh, I just want to point out Margot Robbie's been in a hell of a run. I think the only actress that has more certified nerd movies in the past couple years than Margot Robbie is Anna Taylor-Joy yeah, uh, from our, from us. And it's very close. Uh, so if they, I said it before the show to these two gentlemen. If I see Margot Robbie or Anna Taylor-Joy in a movie. We are definitely adding it always because I I don't remember the last time I was disappointed by either one of them no. having a movie. Uh, so it's kind of amazing that this, we live in this age where we have two of the best actresses out there and they're making movie after movie and they're not. And I yet have been let down by a movie. I mean, I guess the most let down I've been in the past couple years with Margot Robbie would be Babylon. And that wasn't because the movie was bad. It's no. just the third act drug a little bit. Yeah. But she was amazing in the movie. Yeah. So once again, it's not the, her fault. And it wasn't even the fault of the other actors in the movie. It just kind of drug a little bit. There's got That movie has one of the most powerful scenes in all of fucking cinema, in my opinion, with Brad Pitt. Yeah. Not going any further. If you want to go back in time and hear our review of it, go ahead. You guys probably know what it is. And then they did move stuff after that. That should have been the ending scene of the movie, pretty yeah. much. Or gone from there to the future stuff. That should have been the end of the old scenes in the movie. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Anyways, let's go back to Barbie. Barbie is a certified nerd movie. Great messaging. Never didactive. I, I thought that it was funny as it should be. It was goofy. It was wacky. It never took itself too seriously. But at the same time, it delivered us uh, great entertainment. Uh, I'm giving it an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, you know, I know movie's perfect in my eyes. There's just little fucking tidbits that I'm, you know, not even worth really throwing out there. But I got it an 8.5 out of 10. And... Like I said, Barbenheimer weekend. I can all I can tell you is certified nerd for the, gigantic. This is a, a warning. I mean, the strikes are going on. Support the strikes, but at the same point in juncture, Hollywood, get your shit together yeah. because this is this is where you can make all your money, folks. This is really where you can make all your money. With that. That'll do it for this week's 3FN Movie Club Review. If you would like to drop us a line and give us your thoughts on Barbie, uh, if you're going to drop spoilers, Diesel, what's the email? 3FNpod at gmail.com. 3FNerspodcast at gmail.com. It's the only one that's not changed. I'm going to change it just because you keep tuning in. (laughs) The easier way to do that is go to 3FNpodcast.com and hit the contact us, and you can email us about this. Or you can hit us up on the social medias. Uh, So if you're going to talk spoiler-free, I don't want you spoiling movies for people because it's still a new movie. On top of all of that, if you need uh, to find out any of our social medias or any of our other links, it's 3FNpodcast.com. Ron, you have some business to attend to. Four out of ten stars. Sorry to say that. I am truly disappointed. I really enjoyed reading the books, and I like being captive by good narration. But this movie did not even come close to expressing all the magic that was in the story. I don't know what else to put it. This movie just does not work. Four out of ten stars. Harry Potter just sucks, people. I I know that the ones and twos and threes have been drying up. But these people do not know how to evaluate things. If you say the magic is not there in a movie about wizards... 
It should be a two at the I, top. I, I agree. <laughs> also, I think. if you have nothing positive to say and you're still giving it close to an a, a, if, if you look at it, like, I guess not everybody looks at scales like us, but the way we look at a scale, I think we can all agree on this, is that a five is an average movie because it's in the middle, right? So if it's a bad movie that I complain about, it's degrees below the five. If it's a movie that uh, I like, it's degrees above the five, right? right? Right. So if I give a movie a four out of ten, and this is really what I do, that means it just fell short. It just fell short of being an average film, a, de- a good enough film that I didn't regret seeing it. So it's not, I regret only seeing it a little bit because it just fell short. Usually there's something in the story I didn't like, right? If I just complain about there's no magic in my magic movie, that's got, <laughs> I'm with Diesel, it's gotta be a two or lower. <laughs> like, no, I, like, like what the fuck? Or at least a three. At least yeah. a three. It's nothing against what Ron's reading because he's reading them off sites, but these people don't know how to use scales. No. Maybe we should teach a class here at the 3FN podcast on how to make a movie scale. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it's like watching Pool Shark and just being like, there was no actual sharks. Fuck this movie. (laughs) (laughs) The gambler. What is he gambling? (laughs) Risky business. Wait a minute. How's it risky business? He's just a bartender. Anyways, I digress. Uh, Well, that is going to do it for this week's 3FN podcast. Next week, we'll be back with another 3FN movie club review. That week, we will be reviewing for its 25th anniversary, Basketball. Because uh, I'm coming off a of vacation. Hopefully, uh, I can get to see Haunted Mansion sometime. We can give you a little Haunted Mansion action after that. But the week after that, I can tell you, we're going to go see the greatest sequel in all of movie history, The Meg 2, colon, The Trench. I should think they should just call it The Electric Boogaloo. I'm just saying, The Electric Eel, Eel Blue? Sure. Something. We got we to churched it up a little bit. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But anyways, that is going to be coming up in two weeks' time. Until then, though, until next week, when you hear from us, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll hear you again. Hopefully, you're entertained. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Harry Potter just sucks people. Ah, 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 yeah. (laughs) 